Hello, and welcome to A History of Japan. A quick announcement before we begin today's episode. This will be the last episode of this year. I will be taking two weeks to spend with my family and celebrate the holidays, but the final narrative episode of this season will be posted on Monday, January 9th, followed by three bonus episodes on the Mondays thereafter, and then three exclusive bonus episodes which will post once a week on Patreon. If you haven't supported this podcast on Patreon yet, now is a great time. The exclusive bonus episodes for this season will include a deeper analysis of the craftsmanship and art of the Muromachi period, an episode covering the other Mongol successor states in Central Asia and the Middle East, and a new story episode. To learn more, visit patreon.com slash Japan, all one word. Now let's get back to the reign of Ashikaga Yoshimasa. Season 8, Episode 16, The Onin War, Part 1, A Family Dispute. Before Ashikaga Yoshimasa officially began his reign as shogun in 1449, there had been some important personnel changes in the Bakufu. In 1445, Hosokawa Katsumoto was made the Kyoto Kanrei. Katsumoto had a reputation as a skilled administrator with loyal vassals. He was the Shugo over Setsu and Tanba provinces in eastern Chugoku, as well as Sanuki and Tosa provinces on Shikoku. The late historian George Sansom compares him to Hosokawa Yoriyuki, the Kanrei who set the Bakufu in order during the minority of Yoshimitsu. One of Katsumoto's wives was from the Yamana clan, the daughter of clan chief Yamana Sozen, who conducted himself quite differently than his calm, competent son-in-law. Sozen was famous for his fiery anger, which so often turned his face red that when he entered religion later in his life, he was given the nickname Aka Nyudo, the Red Monk. In spite of its dramatic losses during the time of Yoshimitsu, the Yamana clan had regained much of its power and influence by the time Yoshimasa was installed as shogun. Yamana Sozen himself was now the shugo of much of Chugoku, namely Aki, Bingo, Harima, and Tajima provinces, respectively, as well as Iga province in south-central Kansai. However, the Hatakeyama, Shiba, and Hosokawa clans had a shared monopoly on the office of Kyoto Kanrei, and the Yamana clan had been frozen out of the position. That being said, all was not well among the clans who rotated in and out of the Kyoto Kanrei position. The Hatakeyama and Shiba clans developed a bitter rivalry over rightful succession to the post, and this often resulted in small-scale feuds and bloodshed which, over time, siphoned strength from both clans. The Hosokawa generally kept out of such disagreements and maintained a strong reputation as trusted advisors to the shogun and stalwart pillars of the bakufu itself. Although the succession reforms of Ashikaga Yoshinori were seen as intrusive and overreaching by most shugo daimyo and their clans, the late shogun was not entirely wrong to want a better system in place regarding clan succession. 
Generally, the head of the clan had the right to name their successor, but after they died, succession frequently became an armed contest between retainers or, in households with many eligible sons, a violent free-for-all. Instability within a powerful clan inevitably led to smaller, trickle-down conflicts among both the clan's retainers and their rivals and neighbors. Yamana Sozen used these conflicts to his advantage, lending the considerable armed strength of the Yamana clan to certain claimants and extracting their loyalty in return. Thus, by essentially adopting the policy of Yoshinori in deciding succession for neighboring clans, he gradually built up a wide network of broad support for the Yamana clan, one which would not be broken up in an era without a strong shogun. This brings us to Yoshimasa himself. To say that the shogun inherited a political mess is a drastic understatement. The years between Yoshikatsu's death in 1443 and Yoshimasa's elevation as an adult in 1449 were anything but smooth sailing for the Bakufu administrators who were still sorting out which departments had which responsibilities since Yoshinori's untimely death. Just a few days after the former shogun's assassination in 1441, Hatakeyama Mochikuni arrived in Heian-kyo to press his claim as the rightful head of the Hatakeyama clan over his younger brother, whom Yoshinori had selected. The shogunate, at this point staffed mostly by Shugo Daimyo who were sympathetic to Mochikuni, acknowledged his rightful chieftainship, which ignited a decade of civil strife within the Hatakeyama clan. The Shiba clan likewise suffered its own internal struggles over who was the rightful chief, and they were far from alone. Across the nation, intra-clan strife became somewhat normal over the next ten years, as retainers chose sides, various factions shed one another's blood, and eventually might made right at the cost of many lives. It is said that Yamana Sozen, even as he increased his power by playing kingmaker for his neighbors, became wary of the Hosokawa clan and set his sights upon them, intending to eventually gather his new vassals and allies into a large army which might march against them. The Hosokawa, meanwhile, did what they could to keep the shogunate patched together in the face of unchecked chaos which they had no control over. In the midst of the intra-clan feuding over successions, riots began breaking out among the common people, especially in Kansai. It began, surprisingly, with an issue which is usually considered safe and tame in politics. Debt forgiveness. In an effort to shore up support among the warrior class, especially those riddled with debt, the shogunate in 1441 issued the first of many tokusei, or writs of debt forgiveness, specifically for samurai. This led to an immediate violent reaction among common people of various stripes living in the countryside. Keep in mind that common people includes not only farm workers, but craftspeople, specialized workers, artisans, among many others. The only group it probably didn't include in this case was moneylenders and merchants. We discussed tokusei in a previous episode this season, Revenues and Expenditures, but it's worth refreshing here. Tokusei were not blanket pardons of debt. The bakufu would offer debt forgiveness to the indebted party in exchange for a one-time payment, usually 10% of the total debt, but sometimes as high as 20. It was not a perfect system, but it put some money in the treasury and satisfied potentially angry warriors who felt they were being squeezed by unethical lenders. 
discontented common people flooded into Heian, Kyo, Nara, and many other urban settlements to protest the unfairness of the debt forgiveness. Many of them were obviously debtors themselves whose financial and material needs had been neglected by the Bakufu for far too long. The commoners targeted merchant residences and destroyed records of debt. The shogunate gave in to their demands, adding a clause in the agreement that any plot of land which was occupied by the same tenant for 20 years would become property of that tenant. This was a big deal for smallholders. Yoshimasa issued 13 broad tokusei during his tenure, a sign that the economy was spiraling out of control. You may recall that the Kamakura shogunate also tried to leverage debt forgiveness for goodwill, and that it was not considered merciful or wise. Every time the Bakufu felt comfortable shifting the laws back in favor of lenders and large landowners, the riots would spark back up again, and the shogunate would once more be forced to cave to the mobs. So, in 1449, when Yoshimasa finally was of an age when he might actually govern from the shogunal throne, there was a lot of work to be done. The economy was in shambles. The Shugo daimyo displayed a shocking indifference to the bakufu, and peasant riots erupted at the slightest provocation. His situation reminds me of a scene from the first season of The Sopranos, when the ailing acting boss was pondering whether he should name a successor, to which Tony replied, These days, who wants the job? I cannot say for certain who may have wanted the job back in 1449, but one thing I can absolutely say with confidence, Ashikaga Yoshimasa absolutely did not want the job. In his defense, it seems that little was done to actually prepare the young man for governance. He preferred to spend his time composing poems, enjoying performances, and in other such aesthetic pursuits. As a result, some of the real power in the Bakufu came to lie with the women of Yoshimasa's household, his mother, his wife, and his concubine. We will discuss them in further detail in a few moments, but first we need to catch up with the never-ending drama of the Kanto. The sons of the rebellious Kanto Kubo Ashikaga Mochiyuji had all been killed in the subsequent wars of that region, except for one. Young Eijuo Maru was kept in hiding for more than 10 years until, in 1449, the same year that Ashikaga Yoshimasa was made shogun, the shogunate granted the young man a pardon and allowed him to ascend to his father's post as Kanto Kubo. He took on the name Ashikaga Shigeuji. While Yoshimasa had agreed to his pardon, he still did not trust this new Kanto Kubo, so he chose a candidate for Kanto Kanrei, whom he felt comfortable relying on. The shogun named Uesugi Noritada, the son of Uesugi Norizane. Remember, the Kanto Kanrei was now an agent of the shogun, not the lieutenant of the Kanto Kubo. Cousin Shigeuji was already less than thrilled about this new arrangement, but what really ignited his anger was being forced to work alongside the son of the man who had killed his father. In 1454, Shigeuji invited Uesugi Noritara to his mansion, and when the Kanto Kanrei arrived, he was promptly murdered. The assassination of Noritara was probably the stupidest possible thing that Shigeuji could have done. You may have noticed that the Uesugi name has frequently appeared in this podcast, and that is not because I am an unusually enthusiastic fan. 
Throughout the east in Kanto, Tohoku, and eastern Chubu, the Uesugi clan was one of the most influential families in both the number of vassal clans they commanded and the high-ranking posts which they had managed to keep throughout several generations. They were one of the few Kanto clans who maintained good relations with Heian-kyo while they simultaneously built regional power and influence. The vassals of the Uesugi were outraged at Shigeuji's actions, and they quickly rallied to attack the Kanto Kubo. Shogun Yoshimasa was likewise outraged at the news, but there was no need to dispatch the Hoko Shu. The Uesugi and their allies, particularly the Ibangawa, defeated Shigeuji's army and sent him flying to the city of Koga in Hitachi province. He found shelter there among the Hitachi clans who were well-established enough that the Uesugi and their allies did not pursue an immediate incursion, preferring to withdraw and gather their strength. In the meantime, the Uesugi requested that Yoshimasa send them a new Kanto Kubo, so he sent his younger brother Masatomo. However, many vassals still loyal to Shigeuji retook Kamakura and refused the young Kanto Kubo entry, forcing him to take up shelter in Izu province. In short, Kanto had once more spiraled out of control. Shigeuji became known as the Koga Kubo, since he was now headquartered in Koga City, and Masatomo is generally considered to have never actually taken up the office because he could not get to Kamakura. The Uesugi, meanwhile, were still the most powerful faction in Kanto, though they would have some difficulty restoring order. In 1455, Yoshimasa married a woman ten years older than himself named Hino Tomiko, who hailed from the Hino family which was supported by the Yamana clan. His concubine, Oimamari, was his favorite companion, and by most accounts his marriage with Tomiko was unhappy. Tomiko managed to conceive in 1459 and give birth to a son, which was great news for the beleaguered Yoshimasa who was already eager to be finished with his time as shogun. However, the child died soon after being born, and Tomiko accused his concubine Oimamari of casting a curse on the boy. Oimamari faced a sentence of banishment, but she committed suicide to escape her fate. Peasant risings, meanwhile, continued to be frequent. Called Iki in Japanese, these rebellions would eventually take on a more permanent organized structure after Yoshimasa's reign, which would cause great difficulty for those who succeeded him. In 1464, just four years after the incident with his concubine, Yoshimasa announced his intention to retire. Having no sons to succeed him, he chose his brother Ashikaga Yoshimi to be his official successor. The Bakufu talked him into remaining in office while they helped prepare his brother for the role, and Yoshimasa acquiesced. As early as 1460, Yoshimasa had been preparing for his retirement. He had already begun making plans for the design of his own retirement estate, which included an ornate meditation space painted with silver leaf, which would become known as Ginkakuji, or the Silver Pavilion. This was no doubt meant to mimic Yoshimitsu's retirement villa, though a taste for finery was probably the only commonality which the two shoguns shared. Overshadowing these events was a looming conflict between the Hosokawa clan and the Yamana clan. Both of these samurai groups had managed to avoid the self-weakening of succession disputes which had drained the vitality of so many of their peer families, and both eyed the other with suspicion and distrust. 
Yamana Sozen was counting on Hino Tomiko producing an heir apparent for the shogun, while Hosokawa Katsumoto supported Yoshimi. In fact, it was Hosokawa Katsumoto who first approached the shogun's brother and convinced him to make himself available. Yoshimi had been serving as the abbot of a monastery of one of the Jodo Pure Land schools, and up until these events he had resigned himself to continue living the life of a monk. For a few years he acted as Yoshimasa's deputy to get some needed training before actually taking his position. In 1466, however, everything changed when Hino Tomiko, the wife of the shogun, conceived a child. It was a boy, which threw the two major clans supporting the Bakufu into direct conflict with each other. The boy would later be known as Yoshihisa, and Yamana Sozen immediately pressed for Yoshimi to be deposed as successor, and young Yoshihisa made the heir in his place. Hino Tomiko was especially adamant that her son must succeed to the shogunal throne, and she was quite diligent in corresponding with other clans in the capital and convincing them to support her son's claim. Both sides scrambled to build support among other Bakufu clans, especially the Hatakayama and Shiba. While both of those clans had been reduced somewhat in power because of their own internal succession disputes, they still had command of large enough warrior networks to tip the balance if both joined one side. Unfortunately for the stability of the nation, these clans split once more as this conflict grew nearer, with some Hosokawa and Shiba joining the Hosokawa faction and Yoshimi, while others of those clans joined with the Yamana to enforce the claim of young Yoshihisa. Their loyalties were largely based on who had offered them or their favored candidate support for becoming the new chief of their respective clans. The partisan alignment was not limited to the capital, but spread somewhat into the provinces. Those who favored the Hosokawa would raid those who favored the Yamana, and vice versa, but the regional feuding was not the primary focal point of the war that ensued. This was a conflict which started in the capital and would be waged in the capital. To say that it would be resolved in the capital, however, presupposes that there would be a satisfactory resolution. The spring of 1467 is usually marked as the beginning of the war, which was called the Onin War, thus named because it began in the Onin era. Near the beginning of that year, both Hosokawa and Yamana clans began amassing armies in the capital, calling upon their vassals for support, as well as trying to recruit other clans to fight on their behalf. Ashikaga Yoshimasa issued strict warnings to both parties that whomever initiated hostilities in the capital would be branded a rebel and a traitor. Both clans knew that such a branding would justify their rivals attacking their lands and seizing their property. In March, forces loyal to the Yamana burned down a residence belonging to the Hosokawa clan. As redress, troops loyal to the Hosokawa burned down a Yamana-allied mansion in May. More fires were reported in the outlying areas of the capital as well as the surrounding provinces, no doubt the work of partisan agents acting on behalf of the Hosokawa or Yamana. Using fire may have given them a degree of deniability, as the blazes that ensued may have been attributed to natural causes. As more troops began joining the battle lines of both sides, the capital became inundated with warriors, which led to many ordinary citizens opting to depart. As houses burned and open hostilities commenced, a new class of citizen was attracted to the capital, robbers looking for loot among the ashen ruins of fine mansions. 
By June, hostilities had fully commenced and the two armies began clashing with one another in the streets of the capital, burning down enemy mansions and causing excessive destruction in every way conceivable. Defensive fortifications were erected, including trenches which were dug in the middle of streets. The capital was quickly transformed into an urban war zone. Yoshimasa was horrified by the ensuing conflicts, but also terrified of offending either the Hosokawa or the Yamana. His actions seemed to indicate that he wanted a return to the status quo, and this resulted in a series of half-measures where decisive actions would have been preferable. It was apparently the Hosokawa clan's troops who had initiated the actual violence, but Hosokawa Katsumoto remained very close with the shogun, and he convinced Yoshimasa that the blame should lie with Yamana Sozen. Yoshimasa ordered that his brother and heir apparent Yoshimi join with Hosokawa in chastising Yamana, whom he labeled a rebel, but even this seemingly bold move was undercut by Yoshimasa's hesitation. Hosokawa Katsumoto pleaded with the shogun to request an official rinji, or writ of imperial authority, to chastise rebels, but Yoshimasa refused. This meant that Katsumoto could not use the imperial brocade banner, a development that probably would have ended this conflict much sooner. Still, being branded as a rebel by the shogun was not a laughing matter. Some of Yamana Sozen's partisans quit the field, and Hosokawa Katsumoto cleverly deployed messengers to the home provinces of the Yamana, as well as the Ouchi and Shiba factions who had joined Sozen's cause, informing their regional rivals that their land was officially up for grabs. Yamana Sozen likewise dispatched messengers, mostly to beg for reinforcements. His home province of Harima obliged, though they had to fight their way through hostile territory and did not arrive at the capital for some time. That summer continued to be defined by increasing violence in Heian-kyo, and it is not an exaggeration to say that hundreds of structures were destroyed by fire, looting, and vandalism. Eventually, the Hosokawa army controlled an area of the city which was roughly the eastern portion and is thus referred to as the Eastern Army in some of the sources. Conversely, the Yamana and their alliance held the western part of the city and are thus often called the Western Army. In early autumn of 1467, Yamana Sozen and his partisans received some much-needed support. The reinforcements from Harima finally arrived, along with a large force headed by Ouchi Masahiro. The sources claim he had 20,000 troops reinforcing the Yamana, but this is probably an exaggeration, as are the supposedly more than 100,000 troops controlled by either side of the conflict at the outset. They were probably roughly even, with some fluctuation as the conflict wore on. The fresh troops gave the Yamana alliance a second wind. Yamana Sozen planned a divide-and-conquer strategy, with the primary goal being cutting Hosokawa Katsumoto off from his sources of legitimacy, the shogun and the emperor. He was confident in his plan in part because he was not without sympathizers in the Bakufu itself. Hosokawa Katsumoto was not completely ignorant of Yamana's plan, and he surrounded the Muromachi palace with troops and demanded that twelve shogunate officials whom he accused of siding with Yamana Sozen be sent out to be arrested by his troops. In this case, the Bakufu called his bluff, however, and he withdrew his warriors, knowing that it would be impossible for him to claim to be acting on behalf of the shogun while simultaneously attacking Yoshimasa's residence. When Katsumoto heard that Yamana planned to seize the emperor and retired emperor, 
he ordered some trusted lieutenants to escort the Tenno and Daijo Tenno to the Bakufu headquarters. But when they arrived, the sovereigns in tow, they found that the gate had been barred by the very officials whom Katsumoto had accused of acting in accord with Yamana Sozen. The standoff lasted until late that night when Yamana's co-conspirators fled the premises in secret and the sovereigns were allowed to enter. Near the end of September, buildings near the imperial palace were attacked by Yamana allied troops who set fire to many of the structures and seized the imperial palace itself, seemingly confirming Katsumoto's intelligence. Throughout October, the Yamana army gradually took ground defended by Hosokawa troops, and the casualties on both sides mounted severely. The Yamana seemed to get the better of the fighting, however, and at the beginning of November they arranged for the Shokokuji temple to be set alight as part of a surprise attack. It was written by contemporary chronicle writers that the streets of Heian-kyo were clogged with corpses, and that the heads of warriors were transported from their respective resting place by the cartload. In the midst of this attack, which took place very near the Muromachi Palace, Ashikaga Yoshimasa held a drinking party. Meanwhile, Hosokawa Katsumoto had some difficult orders to give. Out of the seven entrances to the capital, he now controlled precisely one. It was clear that without some intrepid decisive counterattacking, his cause would soon be lost. The Hosokawa alliance began their attacks at the beginning of 1468, which was a surprising maneuver given the usual New Year's celebrations, but was ultimately ineffective. For several months after, however, both sides sought a political solution and so the fighting was brought to a general standstill. Occasionally there would be a bold sortie by one side or the other, but after some light skirmishing the standoff status quo remained. It was at this time that a trench was constructed between both sides, allegedly being 10 feet deep and 20 feet wide. The year of 1468 was a year of political positioning and gamesmanship between Katsumoto and Sozen. The following year, however, featured a surprising development that seems unforeseeable even in retrospect. Ashikaga Yoshimi, the candidate who had originally been supported by Hosokawa Katsumoto, fled the capital shortly after the arrival of the Ouchi troops because his brother had reintegrated an unpopular official back into the Bakufu. This particular official had, early in the conflict, accused Yoshimi of plotting to overthrow Yoshimasa, so it's understandable why Yoshimi was less than thrilled at his return. He fled to Ise province in southeastern Kansai, seeking the protection of powerful people there. Although Hosokawa Katsumoto supported his elevation to shogun, the brother of Yoshimasa had been quickly sidelined during the opening phases of the Onin War. When he returned to the capital in 1469, he no longer felt the obligation to be loyal to his brother. Instead, he joined Yamana Sozen's cause, and the chief of the Yamana himself made Yoshimi one of his generals. The defection of Yoshimi was a devastating and confusing blow in this war. After all, Yamana Sozen had initially supported the elevation of young Yoshihisa over the shogun's brother, and now it seems that he was supporting Yoshimi instead. Next time, we will continue discussing the ongoing Onin War, which was about to be complicated, though not concluded, by the deaths of its primary belligerents. Until then, thank you for listening. If you would like access to exclusive bonus episodes, as well as ad-free versions of the regular episodes, 
please consider supporting this podcast at patreon.com slash ahistoryofjapan. Thank you.